change your peers, who you surround yourself is who you become. Once you start to surround yourself with greater people, no doubt about it. So that. it will automatically raise your standard. No doubt about it. The second one demand more from yourself than anybody else and than your environment, no matter what's the environment. in the house for another episode of the wolf's den got an awesome young guy here today straight from israel now he's been here for a little while now but he's originally from israel uh lidor diane like moshe diane right no yeah, eye patch though right yes how you doing buddy great to hear great and listen that you know i think the great thing about this uh podcast and some of the comments i've been getting each week are that you know some of the people that really aren't you know i have a, a brand thankfully for the movie right some people try to always bring famous celebrities on. Uh, I don't think that's really the most interesting thing to do. I mean, yeah, I have famous people on the podcast too, but sometimes someone that's really not famous yet that's on the way up, that has a lot to offer, and you can kind of see people that are just really on the way, working hard, doing the right thing, building their own brand, give them a shot to really tell their story. I think it's really interesting. And especially with someone like yourself, you got a great story. So um, let's just dive right in, right? First of all, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to be here. And it's really a pleasure. And I, I think it's awesome what you're doing, that you give this uh, shot to, to people uh, like me. So I will do the best to give uh, as much mm -hmm. value as I can. Good. Well, listen, so number one, you're from Israel, right? Yes. So I've been to Israel, right? It's an amazing place. I remember, you know, think about Israel, right? You, you, you land there. It's a fucking oasis. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, they carve out this green oasis that you go, you look to the down that way to a, it's what a uh, syria yeah it's like barren wasteland <laughs> and you look the other way to um i mean jordan's nice too but you look i, I was this one spot in israel that yeah i was actually there with a friend of mine james packer we had military helicopters right and uh -huh. we we actually um flew there and it was the, the the basal was tracking us the whole way right and we landed in one spot and we could look and see uh, Syria was one way. I think Egypt was another direction, right? Yeah, we're, we're covered with uh, Middle Eastern here, there. And it's a great area. And uh, a lot of people go there all the time because, you know, there is the beach there and uh, right. people like to tend there. But you know what I noticed, though, is that, like, Israel, they, like, they made this, like, incredible lush oasis when the surrounding area, the topography, isn't, isn't really like that, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. I was impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. And... Uh, uh, so, so for sure, uh, Israel is, is a great country. And from my experience, I think uh, after like coming here to America and everything, I truly believe uh, that it's not where you at that defines your success, right? It's, it's about developing better char character, like being better, becoming better. And uh, I, I truly believe that once you put yourself in uncertainty situation, it gets you to follow through. I, I truly believe that uh, in the quote that says, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats, right? So when you put yourself in those kind of situations, then you will see how creative you, you start to become. So first of all, how old are you? 
I'm uh, almost 28. I'm actually turning 28 uh, this July. Young, you're young. I, I have pants older than you. You're 28. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shows fucking them twice your age. I'm 56. Wow. I would never say. I look so. pretty good considering you right? look all the great. drugs I've consumed, yeah, right? So we can go I, out to a party together and. Uh, you should look like yeah. Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, but I'm, I'm yeah. a little better than that, right? Uh -huh. So, um, I right, see. So what part of Israel have you grown up? Where did you grow up in Israel? I grew up in Natania. So, Natania is in the middle, kind of very, very close to Herzliya, Tel Aviv. So, Herzliya is like with nice beach areas, right? Yeah, right. Natania was like 10 minutes from the beach walk. Yeah. yeah. And, and did you grow up in a well-to-do family or middle class or lower middle i mean i would say low to middle class so yeah. you know you had food you didn't struggle but yeah. you didn't have like uh, affluence around you no we, we never like uh went uh, to vacation too much or like out of uh, the country i was only one time out of the country in america actually when i was 13 uh, it was through the school and i was only a month here and i just like fell in love in the place and i said one day i'm gonna come back i, I think that the, the best part of Israel the women are beautiful there yes right what's that about why is that why so explain to me why you don't listen you know I'm Jewish right so I can I can say whatever I want about you I have an exemption God right <laughs> no but the thing is you know Jew, Jewish girls growing up in, in the year I mean I don't know I never dated any because you know I mean I, I just thought that they weren't like my type and they weren't real honestly then no, you can't cubby on but you know part and parcel like you know I wouldn't say it's like the 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 most attractive of all like, you know, ethnic ties, but you go to Israel and the girls are incredible. I mean, really it's a, I mean, I have a theory on that. Like, you know, they come from Russia, they come from here. It's like sort of, it's like they're all mutts. So they, they you know, like the different genetics, right? Yeah, that what, it, what is that? What is you think? I, I, I do think, but once you get to America and you see all the opportunities you have here and it's like, uh, you want the opportunity. I want the, uh, I'm looking so about the women right now. I'm in love with my wife, but you have to, you know, it's nothing wrong with looking right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, the, they, they are great. They have great uh, character. And they carry guns. They carry, Uzi, uh, right? <laughs> they were trained, right? To... Uh, not all, but uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> well, they all have to go to the army, right? And yes, uh, so women serve like two years and the guys serve three years. And, and what's that? Did you go to the army there? Yeah, I did. I did three years. And, and what was that like? It was good. I, I did, was not in the field. Did you go to war or anything like that? No, not that. Like I was uh, in that point, I was not too much confident about myself to just stand up of what I believe I did want it. But I let the family and everybody influence me to not do this. So, uh, so no, I mean like going to war. I mean like going to be. I wanted to become a stronger uh, right. soldier, like to go all in and and to to fight for my country. But eventually, uh, I just let all the family and everything like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna do it. And, and they, what do they teach you when you're in the army? Like they teach you like Kav Magrash, like that fucking. Uh, if you really go right? that, yeah. to that field, uh, then they do. But if you are gonna do become like a soldier, uh, so they, they teach you fundamental stuff. They teach you how to work, discipline, and the stuff we're gonna talk about today. Mm. So it's a lot of uh, you know, not just physical, but it's mental, emotional, of right? Of course, uh, of course. All right, the wolf is ready to roll with another great product here for you. You're gonna love this one. And I have to say, if you're living in the modern era, if you don't have this company, then you're missing something special. It's called Dashlane, right? Let me tell you what Dashlane does. It is the ultimate, the Ferrari of password management systems. And actually it secures, it's encrypted. So imagine having one place for all your passwords and it syncs to everything, fully encrypted, protected. You don't have to worry about stuff. You're much, but how much time you spend this is crazy, right? I think we spend 11 hours a year. It's like almost half a day each year just changing and putting in passwords. Imagine getting that 
time back, those hours back. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So Dashlane.com essentially is this ultra secure, ultra effective password management system that allows you. And again, I, I'm not a tech guy here, okay? But somehow you they don't they don't even know what your password is. By the way, you send this whole encrypted bundle package. No one can crack this stuff. So it's like the ultimate encryption on top of encryption, and it allows you to go through life, you know, not worried that when someone hacks the password at Citibank, you know, you're not that list that's all. You're not in that guy in the dark web saying where's my where's my stuff because and people are destroying your life because they've totally taken your identity disaster it's a total disaster so with dash lane you put yourself in this impregnable position you can surf the internet feel good about it buy things enter passwords make it simple easy it doesn't take any time that's what i call an awesome product you know we say like you know in the straight line system we teach about filling a need this is a massive need people that these guys are filling here all right, so that's the deal. This is a no-brainer, right? Dashlane has an exclusive offer just for our listeners here. You ready? Free 30-day trial, all right? Again, as I always say, when you can get something and try it for free, why not do it, okay? This is their premium program, all right? So to, to redeem that, it's Dashlane Premium. Gives you every feature, every benefit that you want out of that, okay? Go to dashlane.com slash wolf. And again, you're getting a free trial here. You have more than one password. And if you if like you're not one, I mean, listen, honestly, if you have multiple passwords, this is an absolute no-brainer. So go to dashlane.com right now. You get your 30-day free trial. All right. You fix your password problem once and for all. Dashlane.com slash wolf. I promise you this. This is a service that you're truly gonna love because it saves you time and also gives you massive peace of mind. What was it, I mean, I always wondered, like, you know, what it was like growing up with the threat, like you're surrounded by countries that, not all, but, you know, especially I think it's changing a little bit at least. It is. But back in the day, it was pretty tough, like where everyone hates you and they want, you know, over, was, was there like a sort of, you know, was there a fear growing up or do you always feel safe there? You ever worry about like, you know, walking into a restaurant and bomb go, or not, it wasn't like that for you? I, I think uh, media makes it worse than it is. It's just like uh, every story, you know, the, the, the news want to make it like bigger than it is. No. But uh, when, when you, it's just like when you actually live in a America and you see how America, it's not like they, they make it uh, in the internet or uh, at the news. So same with Israel. An exaggeration. Yeah, it's right? always an exaggeration from both sides. Uh, so so I, I truly believe like once you actually, if you don't live there, you can't judge, you, you can't actually say anything. Go live there, see for yourself and you will see like uh, Israel is a very democratic country. No, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know it's democratic. I'm saying, I just always want, like, you know. It depends where you live. I, I lived in the middle, so I didn't have bombs and stuff like that. So th there are certain people that, uh, in you know. Live with the fear, right? And, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I was always in that the middle, so I, I didn't. Kind of like it. part of me, this weird part of me wanted to be there, like when the missile and the Patriot. <laughs> it's, it's, uh -huh. yeah, anyway, whatever. So when, did, so when did you, so you so you left Israel, right? So you are you permanently emigrated? So you're living here full time now? Yes, I do. And um, what's the biggest difference that, you know, listen, I you know I always kid around with Jews. You know, the Israeli Jews, the savage Jews, they come, they're fucking tough. I mean, they're like, they, they come, you know, Israeli Jews are really, they come to succeed. Uh, they're focused, they're directed for whatever reason is sort of like, um, 
a more of a can, has a real can do attitude. And it reflects in the whole country. Like, you know, everything you see from the, the way it looks to the way it operates, all very sort of, you know, it's like Singapore. It's, you walk, you know, you get off the airline, right? And your bags are fucking waiting for you. It's like a magic trick. Like, it's so organized. Yes. Israel's kind of like that, right? So there's something about the Israeli mentality. I think people, I think most people would agree, right? That they're, the Israeli Jew is like a really tough on point Jew that's not not messing around basically, right? In a, in, in a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. In a good way, in, in a sense, not in a bad way. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I truly believe it's every everybody is uh, for yourself. Once you understand who you are, what you made for, and what is your vision for your life, and what makes you hungry, what makes you to wake up in bed, just like the reasons. Like if you have big enough reasons to do something, then eventually you will follow through, you will find the answers. And uh, hunger is something that's uh, is starting to get bigger and bigger inside of you. And I truly see myself as a leader, a world-class leader. And uh, I truly believe I present something. I present uh, uh, to believe in, in yourself more. I, I present to like actually go after fucking what you want and not just like wait for people to give you stuff. And if you really want that something, and I, I give people hope, I see that I present in a country, I present in a culture, and that gets me to do that extra mile that most people are not willing to do. So where do you think that, I mean, so I guess my point is that I think there's a certain, maybe self-confidence or, you know, I'm a big believer in vision, for the, you know, having a vision for the future, not just being a goal setter. It's almost like, you know, people, we set goals, we don't really follow through on, they don't really have as much power, but a vision for your future is like this emotional anchor, like longer term where you're going, you have these goals that line up along the way, right? And I, and I think on some level, with Israel, it's like, you know, there's like this vision for like, I think it's in, almost ingrained in the culture, the people there, that it's like building a country, building a place. Like, I think that there's like such a, a, a they, the country's one giant vision. It's like the result of a vision, right? Yes. To have this place where all Jews could go and everyone's there. It's not just Jews, it's Arabs there. Right? It's very, I know it's open, democratic, right? But the, I think part of it is like that it's almost become a cultural thing to have a vision and sort of like to, you know, it's a whatever it takes mentality. And then you kind of bring that to other things that you do. Is that kind of accurate? Yes, and uh, I, I do believe that uh, once you get outside of your head, uh, the world needs just more leaders. It doesn't matter if it's in Israel, it's Palestine. The world needs more leaders, more people that step up for what they believe in and create more leaders. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about becoming a better uh, world. It's about becoming better. It's about pursuing who we meant to become and who we want to become. And uh, when you start to doing that, when you tap into your potential and when you stop letting other people get into your ears too much, Who's getting who's getting in your ear? Like, yeah, in the I, past, family, yeah. uh, you know. Tell me about myself. that. Tell about your family. So, your fa what's your family like? So, my my family is very modern family, and uh, they're they're very humble. So, uh, my my dad uh, was working a nine to five, really very hard. Doing what? Uh, was uh, in a shop, uh, cleaning there and doing uh, basic stuff. And uh, my mother in a clothing shop. Okay. And so. I always wanted to bring them better life. I, I, I had the desire and drive to one day I told my mom, like, I will give you a better house. I will give you like experience to show you how life can be. And they're always like, no, we don't need that and da da da. And you always hear when you grow up, like uh, rich people are like that and uh, they had they're lucky and stuff like that. So I, I had to re refit my mind. I had to like start. Your belief system. Yeah. 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 So you think your parents, 
inserted some limiting beliefs in you by you probably. know probably i love my parents and yeah, no, like, we, we, uh, i appreciate them and they did the like they got me here to the world so i i, I always see the good instead of the bad I, i'm not judging like how oh, my mother is like that i love them and but you gotta be honest though like you know i listen my parents i love them to death they're still alive I, you know they're great um but you know you look back at your child and you say they did some things right they did some things wrong. They were never, you know, mostly, at least my parents, weren't ill-intentioned. They didn't have bad will, but, you know, they had certain beliefs that they got from growing up during the Depression, being risk-averse, not taking, you know, and, and, you know that's not thinking that sales was a good thing, that, you know, sort of living more of a, a smaller, contained life. And I think what happens with a lot of us is that we see our parents and either we adopt their belief systems or we go the exact opposite way. Yeah. And I, and I think that, Someone like myself, I went the exact opposite way naturally, while my brother adopted those belief systems. And he sort of went that way. Now, I think what you're saying is that you had originally felt like you were held back by some of that, mm -hmm. but you eventually were able to break through that. You sort of changed your own beliefs and realized that if you wanted to live an empowered life, you really couldn't use your parents' beliefs as, as a model of how to become successful. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think once you understand that all you have is your brain, your heart, and your two hands, and that's all you got in this world. And once you start tapping and using those three, you will start to get, because I think people live in a world that some day somebody's gonna knock on the door and help them like changing the body or whatever it is that they wanna change. But the truth is no, nobody, everybody have problems. Everybody have problems, but we always will have problems. The thing is how, how you handle those problems and uh, how we, are you going to follow through and s start to make stuff happen. You either like be the victim of your circumstances right. or right. a creator. Yeah. So now, so your actual business, what you're pursuing in life is your life coach and focusing on the connection between mind and body, right? Yes. So why don't you tell me about that? Tell me what you do, what exactly what you do right now. So I coach people through fitness, through changing their body, and I change their belief, belief system about themselves. Because once you actually master that area, the body, which most people really have a lack of it, if you look, obesity is like more than like, I think 80, 90%, especially here in America. So uh, once you master that area, your body, because emotions come from emotions, right? If you move your body, you get into a better state. When you're in better state you get better results and you will start to become more creative i know it's when i am at my best it's because i have a better state and because i'm moving more so uh, i i truly believe that leading by example is it's what it is i train seven days a week no stop and uh, my training is like at 3 a.m in the morning and uh, that's something i discipline myself over time and uh, right. i i call it uh, the dhd formula so if you want to change your body or any other area you want it's about discipline hard work and dedication all right so dhd yeah. discipline hard work hard work dedication so what you're talking about here so you're talking about the really you know, what i call the inner game in a world of success right mm -hmm. so you mentioned state management right mm -hmm. which is like you know you know it's like one of those things that no one really invented right a lot of people teach that stuff but so you know i i first got exposed to this myself really at a high level when i was a salesperson when i was very young and my first day training with someone else, I noticed that, you know, they were knocking on doors out in the field, right? This guy's name was the Penguin. Was the, he was my trainer, right? Okay. Selling meat and seafood door to door, right? And the Penguin was like, you know, listen, you got to stay pumped up and positive, right? That's like key to selling, right? And then I watched this guy go out into the field 
And I was, you know, just, you know, walking next to him. And he started off, well, we call him the penguins. He had like a stick up his ass here waddling around, right? And, you know, he's like fucking, like Danny DeVito has nothing on this guy, right? For the fucking yeah. penguin, right? Anyway, so the penguin knocks on like, you know, the first 30 doors and every one of them said no. He's like, no, no, no. And the penguin was like, just oh, have a nice day, having all positive, right? But then somewhere like around 12, 1230, I noticed something strange, right? The penguin like goes up to the next door and instead of like, he's like barely even knocks and he head drops down, his shoulders roll forward. He's like, looks to when we're selling meat and seafood. He's like, he goes like, you wouldn't want any filet mignon and shrimp or lobster tails, right? I mean, the last 50 people said no. So I'm sure you're going to say no too. So let's just, he didn't say those words. But it was, they were like oozing out of his pores. Like he lost his state of certainty, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, as I was 21 at the time, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, does he know how terrible he sounds? I'll never forget this. You don't remember everything you see, right? But this stuck out to me, right? And I said to myself, I said, I'm never going to allow myself to get negative. See, we didn't call it state management back then. You just said, I'm not, you know, if you're negative, you can't close. You can't succeed, right? So... You know, I ended up doing incredibly well as a door-to-door salesperson. I started my own business. Eventually, right, I'm not interviewing you, but I got to Wall Street, and when I was in the boardroom teaching my guys to close, it was a big thing, you know, not getting negative. We didn't call it that, but this idea that when you're in an empowered, positive state, it opens up the possibility to use the skills you have, right? So in other words, that inner game of success is like almost like a valve, right? When the valve is closed, you're in a negative state. You're in a disempowered state. So you can't access the resources that you have, right? Yeah. When you're in a positive state, then you can, it opens up and allows the things inside you to flow out. It's like being in flow, being, right? right? Like an athlete. State right. state is a muscle. Right, right. It's a muscle just like anybody right. else, uh, anything else. So w whenever you're in a negative state, all you need to do is train it. And most of us start to train it just like walking out. You start walking out and after a week or two weeks or a month, you stop it. What you don't train, will, nothing in life stays static, crisis, either grow or die. So once you train it again, 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 over time, it will be so strong that it's becoming into an automatic pilot. That's what we want to get into an automatic state. When you don't think too much, it's just automatic. Like for example, when I walk out, I don't think about like how I feel today. I put my music after that five minutes. I'm rock and roll. I'm I'm really right. into it. So I think- uh, So you've, you've, con you've developed the pattern, the yeah. conditioned pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So where you essentially, you know, you just, you know, essentially now it's like you couldn't imagine not working out every not day, right? So that's your pattern. But I guess my point is, is that like, while there's no doubt that state management is a crucial skill, right? And I might teach it myself, right? Um, and I learned it from originally from Dr. Be in a formalized way from Bandler. He's a friend of mine. I love Dr. Richard's great, brilliant guy. He invented NLP. Yeah. Tony studied under Bandler, right? And Tony really took that to the masses because Ben was fucking wild. He's on yeah, was I heard some stories. Oh my God. No, he's a I, I, I love the guy. I'm a big yeah. fan of his, right? But he's, just, he's not exactly always user friendly, right? Tony sort of took that to the mainstream, Tony Robbins. Right. And then, and then, um, but that being said, you know, managing your state's only part of the equation, right? Okay. So it, yeah, it allows the skills to flow out. But what are those? Do you have those skills? Do we you know there's always the skill side, the outer world that, Yes, you got to get yourself in an empowered state. You have to get rid of any limiting beliefs you have that are holding you back, like money's the root of all evil, money's hard to make, money doesn't grow on trees. If I work hard, I'll become greedy. Money will turn me into something else. The world happens. All those right things you know about, right? Yes. But 
that sets you up then to maybe use the skills you have, but you have to learn the skills, right? Yeah, yeah you say it all of the time, like master the inner self and the outer self, right? right. So what are, you, what are you teaching? So on the outer side, do you have any stuff that you said hard work, right? Mm -hmm. So meaning hard work Discipline, is- hard work, dedication. So hard work means going out and actually doing something, yeah. right? You need the structure. You need to build a system that will get you to follow through to the long term, not to short term, because it's like for one month, two months, just to get lean, then it probably won't work. You need a system that will work for you for the rest of your life, because right. fitness is a part of life. It's not just like, uh, I want to get in shape because uh, I have a wedding or I need uh, to get into a pool party. You get to, right. to this like a part of your life. Once you get that sure. mindset, so first, like you said, like inner self, but then you need a system. How you find the shortcut by having a coach, having somebody to actually guide you that is doing it for decades. Right. If I want to learn sales, I will come sure. to somebody like you, of course. Right. So, so what you're talking about is like is that there's certain sustainable and unsustainable ways of doing things, right? So yeah. you, the idea is to have a sustainable, long-term way to achieve what you want, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go through, let's go, I wanna go through the, what first, what's your, you have a website and stuff that you- Yeah, lidordiane.com. So lidordiane.com, right? Mm -hmm. And you're on Instagram too, I'm sure. All yeah, lidord.de. Right? Yeah. right? And you look like you're in great shape, you're fucking ripped, I wish I was fucking, I'm a fat bastard, right? I mean, for me, like, you know, I know I had shoulder, you know, I had my shoulder replaced, that's this one now. It's getting better, <laughs> I, I forgot which one, it's this one. Uh -huh. So I, I actually, you know, I, I play a lot of tennis, right? And and um, as you can see, there's rackets all around, right? Anyway, so, um. I fucking abused my shoulder. I had, I had five surgeries Fuck. on this one, four surgeries on this one, rotator cuff, this one, that tear, bicep. I mean, it's on and on, right? And it got to the point where I had no fucking cartilage left. So I'd be doing shit and it was like, <laughs> making these sounds, right? And then I, I lost all my shit. I couldn't even move it. So for the last year, I was like incapacitated, and, you know, and I just, and it's also, you know, and the truth is, listen, here's the truth. The reality is, yeah, I could have done other shit. But, you know, I, it was a great excuse to, to let myself go a bit for me because I have a really high standard for my body usually, right? So I still, I just, whatever, I focused on work and I finally had it replaced about four and a half months ago. And it's amazing. I mean, it's, it was the best thing I ever did. So it's, you know, coming back strong. I'm starting to work out again, right? But, you know, for me, it's like, you know, like I have a, like a high standard. So I feel like shit with my body. So you're pretty ripped right now. So, Tell me about like, so what do you do? You're, so you, you live in the gym basically, or, or, no, or no. How, how much time do you spend in the gym? If I go to workout, usually it's an hour, an hour and a half. So I- Weight training. Yeah, I do weights uh, six days a week and the seven will be cardio. And I will do cardio during the week. I do believe that uh, having a good uh, stamina and uh, cardiovascularity is very, very important. So I'm not looking at it just as a bodybuilding. I'm looking at how I can become better, stronger, faster, and all of the elements. Flexibility. Yes, yeah. So, right. so you gotta have it all. You, you can't just like develop a body. Everybody can develop a body, but what are you actually can do with that body? That's right. what's important. So what, let's go through each of the stuff. So it's DHD, right? Yeah. What is D, the first D is discipline, right? Yes. So tell me about discipline, your def okay. definition so, of discipline. So, so let's cover this because we, we live in a world like in social media, everybody, if you go into your Instagram and you start to scrolling down, what do you see? Oh, this guy that have these uh, three secrets that's going to get you ripped in 90 days. So... It, what you, people need to understand is even if you can get ripped in 90 days, 60 days, and even 30 days, those uh, shortcuts might get you uh, like fast result. But what is going to take years of practice and what is not sexy to hear is that discipline yourself and working hard, like having a work headache and dedication is stuff that happens 
more than a decade. You know this from business and everything. So it doesn't happen in a 90 days. Not, not at all. Never. To get ripped. Yeah. No, to get ripped, yes. But to I mean, have that this point, discipline. I'm just looking for the fountain of, of middle age at this point. I'm not looking mm -hmm. for greatness anymore. So I don't know. I'm getting ripped. I want to just feel can good. Get ripped. I want to feel good, though. I just want to feel yeah. like tight and feel like, you know, good in my clothes, right? I want to feel like, you know, it's a good feeling, right? When you walk around and you're yeah. working out, right? So so what do you teach people? How do you teach people you de gotta start. dedication? You got to start with little well, stuff. Discipline, I'm sorry, discipline. So, discipline. so people think uh, they make it overcome because our mind is always looking for uh, like, oh, everything is too complicated. So when you want to work out, don't give yourself the story of, uh, I need to go to the gym right now for an hour, an hour and a half. Oh, now I need to do a membership. Oh my God, that costs money. This, oh, and there is traffic. So we look at all the, the bad stuff, right? So if you look at fitness, you can say, okay, I never, if you are never trained, so what you want to do is start something small. Can I do like 15 minutes walk? Even give yourself that five minutes walk. It's even scientifically proven. And if you give yourself that five minutes to do something, just give yourself five minutes. After that five minutes, 85 to 90%, the chances that you are going to follow through more than five minutes because you will get into momentum. And when, once you get into momentum, you know it when you are in that state, you're like, okay, I'm starting walking. You, you put your favorite song or something, Rocky. And then you're like, okay, you want to keep going. It. So you gotta uh, start with a little step, little daily step. And so once you get that little daily step, either with your workout or your nutrition, you will start to feel better about yourself. So, so it's like some of those like Alcoholics Anonymous, so like, you know, one day at a time, right? One more, yeah. don't like, you don't look at, at getting in shape as like a lifelong commitment. It's like, let me just do five minutes today, right? And then from there, the rest will sort of take care of itself. Is it like? Is it like it, that? It won't just take care of itself. But no, you mean, could... no, meaning that I mean that. In other words, like you, the the way to get yourself to do something yeah. is to not look at like I have to do this for the rest of my life because that's an overwhelming. It seems like an impossible task versus saying I'm just going to make sure I work out today. And then tomorrow, you keep saying the same thing just for today. Today, it's sort of a one day at a time mentality. Or no, you don't. I will give you the best example so people can understand it uh, in a much very easy way. So, if for example, I needed to come here to California, right? So I have many airlines I could choose. I could choose uh, United. I could choose this, 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 and this. So what works for one, like eventually, I will get to the destination. So there is many ways you can get real lean, and uh, but you gotta know yourself. You gotta know like what. What do you like? What kind of workouts do you enjoy? Uh, what is nutrition you like? Maybe you're into ketogenic diet. Maybe you don't eat meat. Okay, so I did that by the way. It fucking worked. But you know, yeah. I lost. My wife had me on this this the keto thing, right? And uh, it, for the first few days, I felt like absolute shit because I'm a, I'm a sugar act. I fucking love sugar, yeah. right? And I was really in this thing. And she's driving me. She says you can't eat sugar. It's gonna make you arthritis. All stuff. And I'm like my 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 my, my diet was like I would eat. Two, you know those, those um Tate's chocolate chip cookies. I fucking love these Tate's cookies. I am a carbophobic. All right, so like I would, it's like this. It comes with like a bag is like two cases. Like there's like ten cookies. So I had this thing. I dunk. I take twenty cookies and put them in milk at night and eat the whole fucking bag. All right, and then I wake up and eat another. I was having two bags a night and ice cream, but I was playing so much tennis. No matter what I ate, I burned. So that was my diet. I would, I barely eat them. I just eat fucking cookies. So she, 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 she threw out all my cookies. She's got to stop with the fucking cookies, right? And she put me on this thing with like meat and cheese and uh, and then for the first part, I felt like I had the fucking flu. 
for the first five days. But then, you know what, on the sixth day, seven, I started feeling really good. I started losing weight so fast. I lost, I think I lost like eight pounds. But did you sustain it? Well, I did for a while. Uh-huh. I fucking started one cookie. I fucking relapsed. You I was, see? I had to go to fucking keto rehab or something, you know? But uh-huh. anyway. <laughs> so that's what, that's what happens to most people. They're doing that diets and uh, it's not sustainable. Right. You got to find what is going to work for you for the long term. So if you li- love carbs, there is nothing bad in carbs, by the way. It's like those meats, like carbs is the enemy, you know? No, it's a... In moderation, I think anything's okay. Yeah, everything. Like, once you understand certain principles, like, for example, in nutrition, if your body, uh, like, in a calorie deficit, then your body will start to use more fat as fuel. So if you understand fundamentals and you use the fundamentals and then uh, start to build the structure that is related to your lifestyle, that uh, is something that can be sustainable, so you will. So what do you think? Like lots of you know, like lots of small meals each. No, no, no. no I don't no. believe in this. Like, what do you tell me? What you believe in? So uh, I personally do like it. It can it varies. Depends on the day. I can do days. I just have three meals. It can I can do like four or five meals. But I will not go to like six or seven. I used to do that in the past. That's bodybuilding kind of stuff. I I'm not like uh, okay. Let's prepare meals and six seven. Yeah. No, it's I not. Feel like that. I was like like a fucking cow grazing all day. I was grazing. I yeah. never never felt like I was never too hungry. Never too full. I'm eating there. I didn't like that. I like to fucking binge when I'm hungry. I want to just eat. Like, I want to yeah. like listen. I'm not a food person I'm, I'm not all right nick to me and my wife listen she's a beautiful lady she's 105 pounds great shape no fat right she fucking eats like she eats like five thousand calories and i mean I never seen like she. I don't know where she puts the food, right? But she like eats and eats and eats and eats to drink it. She'll eat. She doesn't gain a freaking pound. She's got a great metabolism, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, the the thing is, we we think like sometimes. Uh, if she is active, what she probably is. She's not. She's no. not active at all. But she says, because she's very smart, right? So she says her brain's a big muscle. So she, uh-huh, she yeah, thinks, that's what she said? No, she's not inactive, but she's not like a workout person by any stretch. She's, she's blessed. Put a picture. In fact, we'll put a picture up here and, um, and so you can check it out. All right. And, but she's, um, she's blessed with a, a naturally great physique and a great metabolism. But I think what she does is she, has, she, she eats no sugar. She does not eat sugar. You know, not, not that she avoids it. She just doesn't. She's not a sugar person, and she also fasts each like each like right. she'll eat a lot, but then she'll go like yeah, ten she's doing hours. the intermediate fasting. Before. Yeah, I don't think she's even doing it. I just think that's what she yeah. like. That's how she lives. She doesn't. Me, I'm eating all night. Fuck. Last night, I'll tell you. Last night, I woke up. I I was so hungry. I was so fucking hungry last night because I'm tr- you know I'm trying to, to lose a few pounds, so it makes you ten times as hungry, right? And hey, you can't. So. I woke up and I was like trying not to eat. I said, fuck it. So I, I looked in and I didn't have milk in my fridge, which was mm-hmm. probably a good thing, right? But then I broke into the next, to the, to the office. Yeah, I found some almond milk. So I put in some fucking cocoa puffs and started eating cocoa puffs like two in the morning. I had a bowl of cocoa puffs, right? And that felt good for like an hour or two. Then I got hungry again. I started rummaging. I found frozen grapes. I was all night long, one thing after the next, right? So I think that like that's a problem, right? Let, let me ask you this. Like yesterday, were you active? You were moving around a lot? Fuck, I remember. Uh, I was stood. I did a lot of filming. I was standing in front of a camera okay. a lot. Yesterday. So you probably didn't eat all day. Well, no, but I did. That's what I did do. I also woke up. I don't sleep much. I sleep only a few hours a night, right? So I started working out at like um, at like midnight because I was lying in bed and I was I was editing videos and doing stuff for this product I'm developing, right? And I still had you know I'm rehabbing my shoulders. I had this yellow band shit I'm doing, right? And doing that. Then I had these twenty pound dumbbells. I was doing a bit of that. 
Then I tried to sleep. I couldn't fucking sleep. So I watched some TV. Then I ate. Then I worked. Then I so it was like, well, finally I fell asleep at four o'clock in the morning and slept till seven, right? So, but I kept eating all night. I think that that's probably not a good way to like lose weight, right? Most people do it in big waves, I call it, okay? So big waves means that one, two days, you go very low in calories. The people like will starve themselves uh, under 1,000 calories. And then big wave is coming. And that big wave is like a 3,000. Why? Because so your rubber, body rubber, has rubber a weekly band. budget, yeah, 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 yeah. a weekly calories yeah. that it needs. Yeah. So if you go like a couple of days, like really low, after two, three days, you bet your ass that uh, you're going to feel it. Your stomach is going to tell you like, oh my God, give me the food. So that's what I'm feeling. Right yeah. Now. So you want to have small waves. You yeah. understand? So if you have like the small wave and you're in a calorie deficit, but not too much, you don't put yourself in too much drastic uh, calorie deficit, it will be sustainable. That's yeah. how you can lose the fat. But most people try like, okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to starve myself, going to eat carrots all day and uh, like 1000 calories and I'm going to run. That's another thing. People think that cardio is the solution. It is not. <laughs> right. Okay. Like if you ever done like long distance cardio, you know that you have been like very fucking I think hungry. weight training is better for losing yes. weight than, yes. than yes. cardio, yes. right? Yes. It burns because also you're building lean muscle. Lean muscle metabolizes. Mm -hmm. It requires energy to sustain itself or fat just fucking sits there like fat, right? Yeah. Does nothing. Mm -hmm. So you be a fat bastard like doesn't burn any calories if you're yeah. like you you've just all that muscle requires energy right so yeah. it's almost you become a, a more efficient human being you know physiology physiologically right by by having more muscle right yeah so i talked about it in my the last episode of uh, the mind body podcast which i have uh, is that uh, if for example you look at your workout so walking out i, I will give like a few principal action steps so people not just listen to it let me, Actually, let, me hear, let me hear the action steps so action steps so for example if we look at the walking out so you want to work out weight weight lifting okay so lifting weights three to five days a week Okay, three to five days a week, lifting waves, have a good solid program, go to a coach, personal trainer. How long each day? How so long it out? will be around 45 to 60 minutes. Okay? okay, three to five, three to five days a week. Okay. And when you work out, do you like sweat in the gym? I sweat like a ton, yes. Really? Especially on leg days. Leg days is the, oof, the work. But not from cardio, just from working out with yeah, the weights. Even, yeah, with the weights. Yeah. Because so like, I really push myself. I have a work ethic limit, like, like very few have. Because I develop it over time. I started working out when I was 14. I'm 28. So I have a resume. I, right. I, I have sure. built that. Muscle memory. Yeah, and, and I've built it over time. So uh, I, I know that when I'm in the gym, I put the headphones on, then nothing like can come in my way. You can put the sexiest woman in the world in my face, and I will still be in, in the workout because I'm that committed to when I'm in the wow. gym. Wow, that's fucking commitment. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a I mean, thing now, I'm very nowadays, I, could, I, I wouldn't affect me, but in my younger days, <laughs> I... I'd probably say fuck the weights and just get other areas. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll yes. burn some calories. I, I, I would the, admit the old-fashioned yes. way. Right? I would admit when I need to edit, for example, a video sometimes, and then like I had a chance to like meet this woman. I'm like, okay, let's meet the woman. So in that, I I'm still. I think sex is a great way to burn calories, right? It is, yes. If you're doing it the right way, I mean, you know, if you're dead, if you're doing the dead starfish. No, stuff, no, I'm fucking... not the dead starfish. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm saying, right, no, but I mean, yeah. like if you're really going yeah, at it. Yeah, right? you you need to move yourself. Yeah. yeah. I I I'm just be honest yeah right? so if we look back uh, so we said the walking out three to five days a week so cardio as far as for cardio i would limit cardio for two to three hours a week most people do five six hours a week which is too much and this is why they can't sustain a calorie deficit or any diet that they choose to have because they do too much cardio so they're burning a lot of calories and their body is starving for food 
So the amount of calorie deficit you're going to put yourself will uh, eventually determine if your diet is going to follow through. So usually a deficit will be around 20 to 25% deficit of what your body needs to maintain the weight. So wow. if, for example, you need 2,500 calories to maintain uh, your weight right. because you are active and right. you move and around. So you cut 25% of it, right. you will lose around a pound, two pounds a week. Okay, okay. so that's about 1,750 calories a day. Yeah, okay. okay. So uh, so the thing is two to three hours cardio a week, that's more than enough. I, I usually uh, recommend doing HEAT, which is high intensity interval training. This is short uh, uh, cardio sessions, like you really put your heart rate up like 20 30 seconds you do that for like five six sets you will sweat like like nothing else but it's like 20 25 minutes but uh it's worth it instead of doing boring cardio like a walk or uh, yeah 45 minutes. that's why i love tennis i mean for me tennis was the greatest cardio and also when you play tennis at a high level you actually it's your core you get a lot of because you're really using your core and stuff in your your legs, so it's a great workout. You know? Yes, yes. I think you burn, I think it's like 700 or 800 calories in that singles. Yeah, I don't mean doubles, you know. That's why you were very hungry. Yeah, uh -huh. so, and the cookies were my, you know, and also I was fucking terrible. Jamba juice in the morning, yeah, it was pretty bad. So anyway, and like, but I think also, like, I think it's not just the, the weight, it's also that much sugar is like inflammatory, right? It yeah. creates inflammation when you have too much of it, right? You want to cut sugar as much as possible. All right, so let's, let's get back to, let's get back to, so dedicate, it starts with discipline. Discipline, how to work. Getting yourself, so on some level, discipline, getting yourself to do the things you need to that do. you know to have to, even when you don't feel like doing yeah. that's discipline, yeah. right? That's discipline. Big part of success. Yes, big, you know it, yeah. Second part, hard work, tell me yeah. about that. Work ethic, have a work ethic like nobody else. You you hear it all the time, the greatest of all time, the Michael Jordans, the, you know, the Tony Robbins, all that, the, the people that are the greatest at what they do in the world, they know that they develop that work ethic over time, not one year, not two years, like uh, decades of work ethic. And just like Michael Jordan was not uh, Michael Jordan uh, when he just started, he missed a lot of shots, but he built that work ethic over time. So people, uh, just like the, the good quote, people are rewarded in public for what they practice for years in private, right? So well, most people don't see that the behind the curtain. So you you do it at extra hours. You you put yourself on the line every single day, every single week, every single month. And once you start doing that so consistently, then it will become automatic. That's where you want to be when when it's like really automatic. You don't think you're just like into right. action. I, I think a lot of people, I think the mistake they make when they try to achieve success is they, you know, it it looks from the outside that like someone like gets rich quick or gets successful like bam they just, wow and and i and i and that's true like typically you do it, like there's a tipping point where bam the money pours in or you know you 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 stand out on the basketball court or the tennis court like where roger federer becomes roger federer right like it was like i think in these early days roger federer i'm a tennis fan right roger was like he would lose his temper he wasn't you know winning that much when he was young and all of a sudden like something clicked in him right and he goes to a new level and then he's just a different person. And I think that people will say, oh, he's like an overnight success. But in reality, there was a massive amount of hard work and dedication that went into it before he achieved success, before the money came in. And anything, whether it's, you know, tennis or even in business that, you know, we see someone that it looks like they, they made it overnight, but there's always this huge commitment that came before it. 
And while they were doing that, it didn't appear that they were successful. So I think people don't realize that, like, even when, you, when you're working really hard and you're not getting in the result, you're still actually succeeding. Your success is sort of below the waterline. It's invisible. But you're still, you know, imagine you start off like a thousand feet below the water, right? And you start, you know, working really hard and sort of lining up the elements of success and you're getting closer and closer to the surface, but it's not visible. You're not getting the result yet, but you're still making massive progress. And then finally, that last piece of the puzzle comes into place and boom, you break through and wow, and the money comes pouring in, but you're actually making progress the whole way through. I think what people miss is that when you're not getting the result, you're still making I think they just need to ask themselves who they want to become, who who I truly want to be in my lifetime, okay, and then be honest, like really honest, where am I today in my life, and where do I want to go, and what it's required for me to get there. So once you really like honest with yourself, not like, okay, let's live a dream life in my head. Like where am I, where is my reality right now in life? Am I broke? Okay, if I'm broke or this and this, so... Okay, I want to get there. I want to get like a $100 million or a $10 million or a billion. And if I want to become a billionaire, what is required for me? What is the discipline that I need to put? What is the, the work ethic that I need? So I, I, and once you are really committed to this, then, then sky's the limit. Yeah, I, I, it's like what you're really talking about here is a, something I refer to. And again, I didn't invent this stuff as old as the hills, right? But it's really about standards. Like, in other words, You know, you have on one side of the equation, you have your vision. You call it the beer and champagne. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. You have your vision for the future. And I think that what you're saying is is, is correct in the sense that, you know, some people, they have that, I want to be rich. I want to have this great life. I want to be in shape. I want to make money. I want to have a great family. And yet their standard, like the, the reality of what they're willing to do to get that, they don't really have that whatever it takes mentality. Right. And because mm-hmm. of that, there's like a lack of congruency in there. As you said, they're like dreamers. They're like, they're, they're, you just think about the future and how great it could be, but they don't want to do the work. It's like, it comes down. Do you believe like, how important do you believe that your personal standards, you obviously have very high standards. When, when you meet someone, do you discuss that with them standards or you think that's not? Yeah, I think it's true. Very important subject. I think there is two main things. Change your peers. Who you surround yourself is who you become once you start to surround yourself with greater people. No doubt about so that. So it will automatically raise your standard. No doubt about the that. The second one, demand more from yourself than anybody else and then your environment, no matter what's the environment. Because when I was living in Natanya in Israel and we went to like our, my grandma, I used to go out and like nobody, if you see my family, nobody in my family have any relationship with fitness. But I had a certain standard that I hold myself to. So even when we went uh, like on weekends to my grandma, I would go out and I would walk out. I would run, I would do whatever. Where do you think that comes from though? Like what what do you, so if no one in your family is like that, right? What was it that made you the way you are? What triggered you? And even you're saying, how old was that? 12, 13, 14 yeah, years old? Yeah, 13 eh? I started. Right? What, what was it? Was there a defining moment? Did you look in the mirror one day and say, I just want a better life? Or like, I know that to get what I... Was there something that happened or no? I think it's stack of uh, stuff. No, we never have like one moment and life changing automatically. You do have certain breakthrough in life, but all these breakthrough build over time, eventually your path. So uh, I do believe that once you have like, ah, okay, at 13, I have this breakthrough and then at 15, that breakthrough. So well, what, you be more specific though. Like what was 
Was there something that you can remember that if I look back when I was very young, I wanted to change my body. I wanted to start just like getting more fit because I had a little stomach. Did you want to get laid? Was it like for me, I always no. wanted to get laid. It's <laughs> no. always about women. Anything that triggered you? So, yes. Yeah, so I think it's a stack of triggers that you have that over time it just builds you. So you don't just like uh, at 13 years old, I had uh, this, uh, okay, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger and I saw the way he was sculpted. And I was like, oh my God, damn, I want to look like that uh, too. So I but, just... Wh but why? So you want, want to look like them? Why? Because I didn't like my body. I was like just a little chubby and like small because I'm not that tall. I'm 5'4 now. And back then I was even like shorter. <laughs> so uh, I remember I started to do pull-ups and I couldn't even do two. So I said like, ah, I'm very weak. So I started to save some money and I just started to go to the gym. So let me dig deep. So, but why? So, okay, so you want to improve your body. You said you didn't, mm -hmm. you were short and you didn't feel like you were in good shape. So, but, but what, what, what do you think you would get but so if you improved your body, what would that get you? Recognition, More. women, money, success, just feeling better about yourself. Yeah, what? feeling better, uh, more confident about myself. I think at the end of the day, it's not about the physical appearance that people want to get. It's about the emotions. They want to feel that they actually did what they said they were going to do. And you feel very proud. You want to feel proud about yourself. Eventually, at the end of the day, when you said, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and you do X, Y, Z, and even more, then you feel very confident about yourself, of your achievement. So I, I guess what I'm trying to, to, to understand here is that like for me and I, I can only talk for myself and I have coached a lot of people over the years right is that typically there's something like a value that rests behind that like that when you dig deeper so it's like I want to feel good about myself have more confidence because I can then accomplish what is it make money meet women um um i want to be an example i want to be something something in my life like not just uh you know i always felt that so like i want to be something pride like no, yeah i want to be example i want to i want to show a greater way i, I want to show that you don't need to just settle down and take life like that you know so i i wanted to build something out of me and I knew that it's going to take me to be committed and just doing stuff that most people are not doing. Just like, like whatever you see people doing, do the opposite. <laughs> so that, that's what I did. And that's what so it's the old saying, right? You know, if you do what everyone else is doing, you'll get the average result everybody gets. Right. Yeah, so yeah. the idea is you want to do things differently, get a better result. Right. Yes. yes. So, so what, when people come to you now, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're 26 or 28, 28, right? You're 28 years old, right? You're, you made a great move. You're living here full time now, right? Yes. And you're building a business in Texas, Houston, right? Yes. And so why would someone come to you? versus someone else like what is it that you like you know what's your distinction that makes you um someone that you know a, a destination why you Cause a lot of people there's a lot of people in the space yes. right and i you know the reason i asked you to come on the show is i respect the hustle all right i respect the fact that you know you you know you, you came here you you know you you put yourself at this and i, I think that's awesome by the way i guess what Thank i you. what i want you to tell people is like wh why you like why would i choose you as my life coach or fitness coach is there some process that you have or way of doing things that is going to make it far more likely that someone that 
that works with you will actually end up getting what they want. I believe for Tango, you need two people. And if you give me 100%, I will give you 200%. And the people that really see resolve with me are the people that was really committed. And I'm a committed person. And when somebody like really put his trust in me, I put his, my heart on the table, I will go all the way with him. And people that have been really breakthroughs and transformation with the body knows that. And when they should tell me like, uh, can we train at 4 a.m.? I will be there at 4 a.m. And I've been there at 4 and I've been there at 10 p.m. And people that saw results, was committed. That's why like, I want to work with only with people that are truly committed. If I see that drive, that inner drive, that, that really like the people that really want that, that are hungry to, to change their body and change whatever area, I will be there for them. But I can't work with the people that just sure. talk about it. But yeah. then when, you know, the stuff gets out, they're just like, ah, let's take the yeah. towel and no. You know, you know, there's an old saying, right? Which, I'm, uh, which I believe is true. It's about like, you know, drug addiction that like, People can get sober going to a rehab, and they can also get sober in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, or you could have a person with money go to 12 rehabs, and they check in, they jump over the wall, they check out, they don't get sober. Until you're actually ready to get sober, it doesn't matter where you are, you could do it anywhere. So I guess like that ultra committed person, right, that's super committed, that person probably could get the result they'll find a way. My question for you is, what about the people who are not there yet? Like, I know it's easy to work with those lay downs, the ones that just, they're so committed, right? And that's like sort of, you know, easy to do. But what about the people, there's so many people out there that really want it. Like they, 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 they want to get the result. They have great intentions, but there's something underneath the surface that's a limiting belief, a lower standard, um, their inability to manage their state, something there. And my question to you is, is can you take those people who have desire but are lacking an element, you have some process that would help those people because that would be something, I mean, that'd be really yeah. powerful and something that would allow you to go to far wider range of people versus the ones who are totally motivated. I know you love to work with those. Yes. What about the ones that, that have good intentions but really aren't there Everybody yet? have uh, leverage. Everybody have some sort of leverage. You just got, we gotta find what is the leverage for that person. Cause everybody wants something, but like for example, if somebody knows that he's going, uh, uh, somebody is gonna take five thousand dollars from him, uh, if he's not gonna get the result in a month. Yeah. So that's a leverage for this guy. So sure. as a coach, I think you gotta know who you're dealing with and sure. what is the leverage you can use in order to get them to actually right. follow through. So I think what what you're talking about is like there's a process that Dr. Bandler mm -hmm. teaches, right? And it's really, it's about raising someone's standards in the sense that, so let's say someone um, has a lower standard and, they, and that's really about, they can't get themselves to do the things they know they have to do, right? They, they think about, they want to, they even have good intentions, they just can't quite get there on a consistent basis. So the process by which that you would do the coin to NLP, and I use a lot of this, you know, in my own, sort of twist on it, right? Is that, you know, people have these, what we call, they have their towards values and have their away values. That we move away from pain. This is really the basis of NLP and making change, right? And we move towards pleasure. So what you're saying, when you talk about leverage, yeah. what you're mean, I think what you're saying is, is identifying what someone's pain points are. And use it. And use that to propel them away. And yeah. then also finding out what to them represents pleasure and sort of using a dangle that's the old carrot and the stick sort of 
situation. Is that what you're kind of talking the about? The pain will push them to start, right? But the pleasure will get them to. It will hook them. Mm. Okay. So, because which it, do you think is more potent as a motivator? The the pleasure, of course, because the the pain is all only like for a month or two months. But once you uh, you actually have that pleasure, it's like just becoming a millionaire. You start to like okay, you you dress better or you start to eating in better restaurants. So you taste it. Once you taste something that is pleasure, it can be sustainable because yeah. you like. And if you do it enough time, it will become sustainable because you're like okay, right. that's my new standard. What do you think about? the idea because you know one of the things that i've noticed with some people is that um everybody has a, a somewhat of a a different motivation strategy meaning that you know while we all move away from pain naturally and we move towards pleasure there are some people that have a dominant motivation strategy where it's really more about moving away from pain for instance i actually am a pain motivated person when i really got to get myself to do something what i will do is imagine the worst outcome possibility if i don't do it like if i don't take action i almost worry myself to death and i'm not saying it's an elegant strategy it's a fucking effective one though in other words like if i want to get myself to take action in business and I'm not really feeling it, I will literally imagine like a terrible outcome, you know, going bankrupt, losing my money, not, you know, and, and by doing that, it forces me, I move away from pain. Mm -hmm. And while I also, yes, I am motivated by pleasure as well. My dominant modality is actually pain, but then I have my children. So I've always, you know, I, I coach many people, some of my kids. I noticed that my kids growing up, I had some of my kids, like my son Carter, he would move towards pleasure. Really? Pain is not going to motivate my son. You could get, tell him all the terrible things that will happen. That's rare. But yeah, well, no, but but he he no, well, he he doesn't move away from pain. He is a pleasure. No, that's the one. You no, know, this is the one that you said people move towards pleasure. He was a pleasure-based motivation strategy. While my son Bowen is more the opposite. Bowen will actually move away from pain. So how you go about motivating those people? is actually a bit different. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to motivate my one son. I'm not going to say to Carter, Carter, you don't do this. You're going to get punished. You're going to, I'm going to take this. I'll say, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. You know, I know it sucks. And, and I'll still sit there and do nothing. Then, but if I, I say, imagine Carter, if you do this, all the great things that could happen, boom, he's out there taking action because he's dominant on the, on the pleasure side. So when you work with people, it's important to, to kind of realize that people are, are, while we're all human beings, we do have these sort of differences. Everyone has a little bit of both, but how you do it's kind of different for each person, right? Yes, it is. And uh, the mind doesn't know the difference between something you imagine and something you actually experience, right? Sometimes we dream about stuff and it's so real to us. And there is a thing called, the, I, you probably know it, the Dickens process, which means uh, once the brain see a lot of pain that was in the past, in the present, and it's mm. gonna be very painful in the future, then the brain changes and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, well, that, that you're, what you're referring to is like, like the, is the Charles Dickens novel, the yeah. Ghost of Christmas Past? Yeah, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, that's a right. That's like a, basically Tony's thing, right? Yes. Which is based on the same. It's like the NLP and Tony's next evolution of mm -hmm, that, right? Mm -hmm. Which is doing the whole his Dickens approach, right? Yes, it and it's is. it's powerful, it, it, and it's I've actually been through it, and you know, for many people, again, I'm a big believer that we're complex. People are very complex, and you can't cubbyhole them into any one type of strategy. Listen, I had thousands and thousands of kids working for me back in the day, right? And I, and I would always give meetings and you have to motivate large groups at a time. So you want to speak to both 
types of people. So you kind of include both in your patterns, right? Yes. So now tell me, so, okay, so now where would people, if they want to find you, mm-hmm. right, where would they go? Tell me what's the easiest way to find you, to follow you. Or- so the, the easiest way is Instagram, lido.d. Uh, I post uh, like daily content from the stories to the posts. And uh, of course, my podcast, the Mind Body podcast, and my site, lidodayon.com. Lidor.d. Lidor.d, the Instagram, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, buddy, listen, I, I think you you're really um, have a lot to offer. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I and really um, I'd love to see where you are in a year from now. I have a feeling you'll be in a, in a much, in a really, you know, I uh, think you'll, you'll t- be at a whole new level. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. Bye.